Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Europe's B2B Tech Sales Podcast. My name is Patrick, and I'm really excited to have Patrick Minder with me today. Hi, Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Hello. Really excited for this discussion, Patrick. So for everybody who doesn't know Patrick Minder, he uh, built up JLS Digital first as Chief Sales and the last four years as chief executive officer and then was yeah was taken by swisscom taken is probably the wrong word but was uh, was hired by swisscom and is now head of platforms and application um at swisscom leading a thousand people with actually almost the same age as i am 34 years old which is really really impressive so i'm very much looking forward to uh to this talk patrick i hand over to you we start with our two um actionable topics tips and yeah let's get it started yes thank you patrick for the invitation so uh, i don't want to be start too concrete but uh, basically with an attitude so uh, you should definitely love what you sell and love people and these are in my opinion the, the most important essence for for being successful in tech sales love what you sell in terms of understanding what your technology is for and how it can help your customers to become more successful and love people because in the end even if we sell technology we sell it to people and uh, people want to become successful with it and uh, those two, two things are for me the key criterions for being successful in tech sales yes perfect are these the two like loving people and pro uh, products or do you have another one I can share another one, and the, the other the other one will be uh, be disciplined. So in the end, it's always a trade-off between hunting and farming, and uh, these that kind of things you can only be successful in the long run if you have quite, uh, some kind of di uh, rituals and uh, be very disciplined. Uh, disciplined. So what I do, for example, I cover my week one or two hours for doing outbound still in my position uh, because this is love the it. end the fundament for long-term success <laughs> love it so you even i i also i always i always uh, say that uh, i also book a two hour two two hour blockers in my calendar where i do some outreach which could mean go to people you know ask for references uh, or talk to customers and ask them for references um, unfortunately, it's difficult for just two hours a week to do some cold calling nowadays. <laughs> you can do it, but the problem is when you don't reach anyone, uh, calling a week later is like kind of, you know, you don't get them really uh, on the phone. It's a bit harder. But I really love that you say that and you, you still do that. Now I have a question in regards to discipline. I love the topic as well, like discipline. I'm also, I feel like naturally disciplined in a way and, and structured. You know, I wake up every morning at six, read for two hours first and and to have a very strict schedule. But the question is, as a sales leader, when you look for people who are disciplined, can you make people uh, become more disciplined or is that something people kind of have and you you have to find those people who are disciplined well uh, it, it's a hard question so i think that people can develop and uh, people can be trained with things that work and uh, but the question is how you do that so this is nothing that you can say okay hey every sales 
a representative of our organization should do this at and this on Monday morning, this will not work. What I think is that uh, the best thing that you can do is that you can lead with examples so that you can show what are you doing or, the, or what uh, successful sales managers are doing and get involvement with other people that don't have those kind of routines that they can learn from from the best. And I think this is uh, the thing that we should do in management. We, we should build the occasion that people can learn from each other. And, and so I, I'm definitely sure that people can develop and uh, can improve themselves. But for sure as well, uh, there are people that are more disciplined than others, uh, that people that lo love hunting more than farming and other, others love the farming part a bit more. So in the end, it's a combination of both. Yes, yes. But you would you say is discipline does help you uh, to to become more success or become successful or be successful? Absolutely. And I definitely think that this is not just something in sales, that this is a general pattern that that you can observe by successful sportsmen or women that you can uh, observe by successful managers, software engineers. When you want to do things successful, you, you need to repeat and you need to have a good understanding what is what works and what helps you to become better. Yeah, yeah, but I love the um, lead as an example um, to help change people um, to to kind of follow you. And what do you do in this? So you you said two two hour blockers you have as well. What do you do during that uh, time prospecting time? Well, uh, basically for me, it's really the time that I use for outbound, uh, giving different kind of of channels, uh, doing some calls, arranging launches with people that I haven't seen for for years, which I think that yeah, it will be a good, good time to catch up as uh, thinking about the new things that we can offer to our customers coming up with ideas. And in the end, it, it's my it's my mean my, or my instrument that I stay near to the market that I stay near to our customers. And the really important thing is I don't do it without content. So I always think about, okay, what is the content that I want to provide to uh, to my customer or to the prospect? This can be things that I have already in my portfolio. These can be things that I thought about or ideas that I had some weeks ago that I want to get challenged with customers. So in the end, and this is really the nice thing, if you have used this method that you do one or two hours a week outbound and you have content, you have a quite high success rate uh, for, for those kind of meetings because people love to, to talk about things that they're interested in. Mm, no, good, good point. Um, so in a big company like Swisscom, is it easy to do you get that content from somewhere um, or do you gather your content content yourself that you uh, by by doing some research or by I mean you have a lot of knowledge already when it comes to sales obviously I mean we could talk for hours probably uh, about sales leadership sales tactics or whatnot so well well so in the last 10 years I did both experiences so with a small and medium company like JLS and now with Westcom I think and um, the challenge to to become content is a bit different so if you're a small company, you, you have to think more, you have to do more research on your own, uh, you have to invest a lot of time talking to customers and then assembling a good story that you can use with another one. And if you work for a company like Swisscom, it's a bit the, uh, the opposite. So it, it's, it's less creating and more assembling and deciding, okay, what of those 20 
the topics I want uh, to follow up and uh, which ones I directly throw to the garbage. So it, it's a different kind of thing that you need to do, even if you're working in a small company or a large one. But it's definitely easier to become the information that you get the, to get the trends. And even it's much easier to get uh, meetings or appointments with customers because we already have with 4,000 large corporates and 250,000 small and medium co uh, companies in Switzerland, uh, actual commercial relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But so I understand you correctly. I mean, through through discussions with customers, but you don't have a like a structured approach there where how you come to con how you you get to content like for yourself. For instance, yeah. I post. Uh, probably you've seen that as well. I post every day one one content piece on LinkedIn about sales. And for me, where I get to the con to to the content is usually in the evening. I go for a half an hour run, and while I'm running, many ideas pop up. Always during running. Do you have something like like that as well? Sure, I have some podcasts that I follow, like the one that you have, but also some about technologies. Uh, I invest a lot of time in reading from Gardner studies to business uh, newspapers because in, in the end, these are the things that, that give me inspiration. So research, doing research is really an uh, important thing. And um, the nice thing now uh, with the job that I have right now, I get a lot of things already out of, uh, out of all the projects that we do on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for the reading, you also take your you take some time out of the day, or is that some yeah, or is that something that you do when you have just a little bit of time uh, in between? Uh, I do the classical thing, commuting by with the tra by train, uh, read, listening podcasts when I'm doing sports or before I go uh, asleep. So these are basically the times that I use for doing that. Yeah, but, but yes, definitely one or two hours every day in the end. Okay, but I like, yeah, the, the Gartner studies, I haven't read any of this, so I have to dive into that and look into that. Any other ones that you concreted that you that you look into Gartner? What else? Any? Well, well, I, I read a lot of uh, industry specific uh, uh, literature, so from retail, from retail banking, so specific studies coming from the big four co uh, consulting companies, but as well uh, from smaller blocks and so on. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Really helpful. I haven't touched it, and I have to probably as well at some point now because it's a, it's, a, it's a great great source of uh, of knowledge, especially stuff that is just very new or uh, yeah that just came around. Um, so actually, going back to your first one, love your product, uh, Patrick. I can imagine now. You know, at Swisscom, you have I don't know how many thousand products that you sell um, is it that the sales you would say or you would advise your sales or the salespeople that to kind of find their product where they they they, they get excited about or how is that in, in in an organization with so many products well, well basically you typically have two kind of persons so especially in the in the integrator business. So you have people that just love technology. So they love to build Java applications. They love SAP, they love ServiceNow, and they're getting really fascinated about the technology. Uh, so this is one of the things uh, that you can leverage in your organization. And then you have other kind of peoples and I'm one of the other kinds. So I'm 
originally I'm a software engineer, uh, but now doing sales and marketing for for over 10 years in the tech environment. And yes, I like technology, but to be honest, I'm much more a business consultant. So what, what I'm interested about is helping our co uh, customers to become more competitive through inspiring customer experience, through lean processes or even new business models. So this is the thing that, that, that drives me. And so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a different kind of, of sales. So what I'm interested in is thinking about, okay, we have this kind of cool technology like ServiceNow. We have a customer in the retail industry. Okay, what is the benefit of this technology for this industry? And then really thinking about um, how can I help them to become much more competitive? So for me, this is the kind of motivation. So I'm, I love the product. I love my product, but my product in the end is not ServiceNow, SAP, apps or whatever. My product is that I help my customers to become more successful. I love it. I love that. That also gives a hint to somebody, um, you know, and if you're a salesperson and you want to start in another job and you want to learn whether you can get excited about the product, I think one of the best approaches is probably to talk to some of the customers of that company and ask them, hey, what, what, how does it help you concretely? Um, can you quantify even that or stuff, stuff like that to, to figure out whether you could actually love to work there i think i have very similar uh, very similar for me absolutely and and especially especially with this transformation in the cloud and the software as a service business feature comparison between the same kind of products is quite there so yes you always have a leader and a follower and a challenger but nevertheless if you're introducing a, a crm or erp systems some are a bit better, some a bit worse, but in the end, most of them fulfill the needs that you have as a customer. And the, the big differentiation is not the technology. The big differentiation is, is what are you doing with this kind of technology to become better? And so getting in this, this transformation and helping the clients is really one of the most important things. And this is the nice thing in our industry. You can be a software engineer, you can be a business uh, consultant you can be even from the legal or data governance perspective and you can be helpful for for, for our customers and therefore helpful for, for me doing sales projects or operations mm. no that's an amazing uh, uh, insight yeah uh, so the I mean, the, the software industry become, as you just described, it became more and more commoditized uh, because there is a lot of, you can build software quickly. Um, you know, it's not it's not a USP anymore to just have, as you said, one, one feature or another, but you need more to that than, um, than just a product. Um, now, you have worked in a, as you said uh, at the beginning as well, Patrick, you've worked in a medium-sized uh, JLS, medium-sized company now at Swisscom. When it comes to sales, um, what's the what's one of the, what's the bigger differences that you see selling at JLS and now selling at, uh, at Swisscom? Well, so, so the, the big, the huge difference is getting meetings. So, JLS had, re, had, had really an amazing marketing market position. They were leader in whatever it takes about technology and marketing in Switzerland. 
So when we wanted to get a meeting with a marketing director from a Swiss bank or from a Swiss retailer, we had quite a high likelihood of becoming disappointments. But even though we had to do 10 calls, 15 emails or whatever to become a meeting. And now at Swisscom, yeah, we have this relationship with all the large uh, corporates in Switzerland with, with more or less 60-70% of, of the small and medium companies. We have account management teams already taking place, so I can go to the account manager and tell them, okay, I have this nice idea about blah, blah, blah in this industry, and there's quite a high likelihood that I get an appointment. So this is really the the, the, big, the huge difference. So we, we have already these commercial relationships that makes sales leaders or sales managers' life much easier in the end. So the outbound thingy is the biggest difference. Yeah. Yeah. So is there kind of a process internally when you want to reach out to a company that you find the person who is already talking? Because I guess then they're, you know, not not US salesperson are necessarily in contact with them, probably a lot of other people at Swisscom. So you can reach out to them and, and then get an intro or something. Do you have, is that kind of specified? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we're working uh, quite heavily with so-called sales motions. Uh, so basically, we 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 identify some target or target topics. So in my area, I have a huge portfolio about software integration, so from SAP to ServiceNow until apps. And what we basically said, okay, we have an offering for customer experience, we have an offering for business process transformation, and we have an offering about core business applications and uh, analytics. And what we basically do is we go there in a structured way with a target customers list, with a defined go-to-market stories, and then work on a weekly basis together with our large account management team to qualify opportunities and leads and then really planning and executing outbound activities. So it's really, for us, it's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit social engineering, uh, but mm-hmm. using this, this kind of social engineering, we can really do quite effective uh, campaign management and especially cover the, the whole plethora, uh, the whole broadness of our portfolio in a really structured and easy way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I have to ask you that question because I've I've worked at Starmind before and we not only got you as or Swisscom as a as one of the most important customers, but I feel also when you know you you excite people about your technology within Swisscom, there is ways. Uh, for Swisscom to partner with you and even sell that, so make use basically of the network and also position that. What as a as a young tech company from from Switzerland, if I want to um, get Swisscom to sell my technology as well, what would I need to have to do? Well, well, basically, you should have a a cool product and, and a clear understanding for whom you want to use that product and. If you have a good story, send me an email or a LinkedIn request, and we can talk to, about that. And in the end, um, I think the, the important thing is to understand that Swisscom is not a, a hundred meter sprinter. So Swisscom is more marathon or um, or eight hundred meter or thousand five hundred meters. So 
you definitely can leverage this network uh, that we have already, but um, you need to take the time to establish a cool joint uh, customer case, use cases, uh, and then the network starts uh, to work. So it, it's really the thing that I uh, called before social engineering. So it's that a large organism. It's really important that to be become together successful and then do the right thing for uh, establishing a successful collaboration. Mm -hmm. But do you have certain focuses like when it comes because you you have the most of the or all of the software selling uh, in, in your team. Do you have some focus on certain technologies that you prefer or to others? Well, well, basically, so so the the core story is that we we want to make our customers leveraging technology to become more successful. So this is the core story, and we basically focus on four topics: customer experience uh, solutions, uh, business process transformation, core business applications, and analytics and insights. So these are the core uh, core topics. And let me make you some examples. So we acquired uh, nine months ago Webtizer. Uh, which basically was in the sub uh, hybrid or the sub CX uh, environment. So th this definitely goes into the story about building up cool and exciting customer experiences for our customers. We work together with Thurbys now for business process transformation, uh, as an example. And in the analytics environment, we we really scale at the moment the technologies from AWS and Azure for building up uh, data lakes, coming up with new kind of um, machine learning or analytics applications in the end. So these are the core topics, but then the market is changing fastly and we always uh, see what is trending, what is working in the market and also have the capabilities to adapt our portfolio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. That's a cool hint for, I think, uh, every Swiss startup or every startup that wants to sell in Switzerland, because I think if they can uh, convince you guys to to work with them, you said it's it, it takes some time, but as, as soon as with many things, right? Many things that take time uh, have so much potential in the end, and it's not like a short term thing, but can be a very long time. One last um, topic uh, we talked about the last time, uh, it stick with me because you said um, one needs to be careful as a startup or as any company selling solely in Switzerland to, to Swiss people, because if you, um, you said, if you, if you fuck up, I say that, I say like that, if you fuck up, then you, you really fuck up and you can forget about it. Um, well, 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 yes, the Swiss market is not that big. It's fair. Probably in revenue, it's it's quite a, a medium size to a to a big market, definitely. But the the amount of customers that you can target uh, is really small, and uh, you need to be aware about that. And uh, therefore, it's a bit a challenge if you have a tech startup here in Switzerland, or even if you are an integrator here in Switzerland, uh, you have to find a, a, the balance or or manage the trade off between growing fast and sustaining long-term relationships. And this is really a bit a challenge. If you go to Germany or to the US, you can do large kind of outbounds early in your product uh, development, uh, in an early product development phase. You can try to prototype together with customers. You fail, okay, you take another 10% of the market share and address the, the same product now improved uh, with those 10% of, of the market. In Switzerland, 
it's not that easy because um, there are not that many target customers. Um, the market is quite narrow. People talk to with each other. So if you provide bullshit, uh, I allow myself a, a same kind of word as you did before. Um, <laughs> there's a, a high likelihood that people hear about it and most probably don't want to talk with you uh, anymore. So this fail fast uh, methodology is good, but in Switzerland you need to adapt it a bit and managing actively this trade off between providing good quality, having a long term standing in the market and scaling fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if uh, you know one used to one need one says about Swiss uh, or even European startups. I don't know, but Swiss especially Swiss startups that people try to make the perfect more than just 80 20 like almost almost too perfect before they start to sell. Might that be a reason actually that you know they are very very conscious of not going to market too early because otherwise if they fail then you have no second chance. Absolutely. And and especially if you go into markets like retail or or retail banking or insurance where you basically can say okay the largest 10 companies or target customers cover about 50 to 80% of the market, then you really need to be really careful. If you're targeting the Swiss uh, SME market, it's a bit different. Uh, there you have 250,000 or 300,000 companies to be addressed. Then you can be can work a bit faster and take a bit more risk. And it definitely depends on the situation and the product that you have, but yes, um, you need to be a bit more careful than in Germany or in the US. Mm -hmm. Cool, Patrick, uh, time is up. Thank you very much for joining. Um, that was extremely valuable. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining. Thank you very much, Patrick, and have a nice day.